came to them from out of the blue. It came to them because of the work that goes on in their cranium command. <laughs> now, where's everybody else? Uh oh they're coming on the monorail. But Fozzie, the monorail doesn't come through here. Okay, now, boys, if you just stop carrying on, like, we just might dedicate this next song to y'all. W, your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 560, and I'm here once again not only to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with the podcast, my live video broadcast on Facebook every Wednesday night, books, audio tours, special events, and more. And whether it's your first time visiting the parks or have been hundreds of times, if you're planning a vacation or just love the history, details, secrets, and stories, there's something in the show for you. And each week, I'm going to take you from the parks to the screens and everything in between. If you're a new listener, welcome. Be sure and go back and check out some or all of the old episodes. You can find everything over at www.radio.com and subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. So the Grand Destino Tower opened this past week and will not only change the way you look at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort, but I think the entire moderate resort category as a whole. From a remarkable new tower building to suites, a concierge lounge, four dining options, and breathtaking views, it is a resort that has something for luxury travelers, convention attendees, and families. And this week, we're going to take a detailed look and virtual tour of the entire resort and some of the many reasons why you need to visit. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show as I'll have more information about upcoming WWE Radio events, our meet of the month, how I can help you, a special discount code, your voicemails, and more. So sit back... Relax and enjoy this week's episode of the WW Radio Show. On July 9th, 2019, the Grand Destino Tower officially opened guests with a celebration that completed a multi year reimagining of the entire Disney Coronado Springs Resort. That included new restaurants, a new arrival experience, new rooms, new lounges, new amenities, new views, and an array of new experiences that complement a complete reimagining of the resort's original guest rooms and dining. And I and many other friends were invited to attend a preview of the resort the night before its official grand opening. And this week, I, we, want to share our review experiences and thoughts with you and that's why i have wanted to welcome and welcome back susanna otis from xanaland.com 
Hello, it's been a while. <laughs> you may remember Zanaland from such shows as 337, getting the most oh out God. of Mickey's Not So Scary, 368, <laughs> How to Keep Cool and Beat the Heat at Walt Disney World, which I think we recorded at the old Fountain View, maybe, at hmm. Epcot. And then we did oh, yeah, a review did. of That's what's new at the Poly back on show 403. And new to the show, although you may have seen her a few times here and there on some live Wednesday night broadcast, she is Carolina Grabova from carolinagrabova.com and on the Instagram. So welcome for the first time. Thank you, Lo. Hi, everyone. Every time I see you, I'm like, we need to do something together. I figured it was probably going to be about food first because we share a, we all share a love for food, but I'm sure um, uh, food will very much make its way into our conversation. Uh, but we were all invited by Disney to be part of this pre-opening media event. And I will tell you, first and foremost, I had really no idea what to expect before I walked in. Other than seeing concept art and some releases from Disney, I really tried to stay away from any sort of previews or spoilers in terms of what's to come, other than making sure I went back and watched the short film on which the Grandestino Tower was based. Because I think some, a lot, a few, Disney fans uh, may not realize that the name Grandestino is a tribute to a project that Walt himself worked on as part of a collaboration with his friend and artist Salvador Dali back in 1945. The film was started back then, but due to World War II, uh, production was halted, and it wasn't until 2000, around 2000 or so when uh, Walt's nephew, Roy E. Disney, help to get the short finished. And if you've never seen it before, I'm not sure if this is the correct way to go and watch it, but I know it's out there on YouTube. It's a seven and a half minute, beautiful short uh, with not a single line of dialogue that really is a love story between this mortal woman, uh, Dahlia, and Kronos, who is this immortal personification of time. And... It's beautiful. It's certainly very Dolly-esque. Uh, you see a lot of the influences there um, from the film. And, and we were talking beforehand. Had you known of the short or had seen it before you knew you were going to be going to the Grand Destino opening? I personally knew about the short, but I haven't seen it before. I actually saw the short in one of the TVs at the lobby at Grand Destino. I had personally seen it. Um, I'd learned of it back, I think, when we went to, um, I'm not sure if it's mentioned in the Walt Disney Family Museum, but I had, you know, heard rumblings of it either at D23 Expo or some somewhere. And we had gone to the um, Salvador Dali Museum in St. Petersburg a few years back, and um, they were doing, they obviously talk about it there in the museum itself. But at the time we went, they were also doing a specific um, Walt Disney exhibit. Um, so we learned all about the history and it was really, you know, super interesting. And it's, whether you like surrealism or not, I know it's like a tough subject for some people, um, but it's still just a beautiful testament to, you know, what was going on with what, creatively between Walt Disney and Dali. Yeah. And even the music is beautiful in the background. And I think, before you visit Grandestino, you should go 
and watch the the seven and a half or so minute short film because there is so much inspiration that is taken from the film throughout the resort. Um, Some of those uh, tributes are a little bit more subtle than others, and it's almost like hunting for hidden Mickeys in terms of hunting for some of the hidden dahlias and the hidden dandelions uh, throughout the resort. But let's sort of take a a 30,000-foot overview of it first um, because I think when a lot of people heard that this was being built as part of Coronado Springs I think for years Coronado Springs while I've always considered a very well-themed resort um, that that sort of uh, blending of of modern and old world tradition um, in the resort I think it's always had this um, this accidental moniker of being known as the convention resort. Um, a lot of people, it, it's the largest convention center in Walt Disney World. That too has undergone a, a remarkable transformation, much as the entire Coronado Springs has done before. But I think Coronado, in terms of being a, a moderate resort, was one that I always felt was a bit overlooked sometimes by the non-convention guests because I did always find that it was unique in not only its theming of the resort, the pool areas and the number of dining experiences that were in there. So have you guys ever stayed at Coronado proper before Grand Destino? I did. I actually spent my 4th of July, not this year, prior year at um, Coronado. And I love it. I love also the fact that it's a convention resort. You know why? Because while most people is working at inside the convention center, guess what? The pool is empty. You know, the bus line is empty. So I love it. It's my favorite pool in the whole entire resort. And it has beautiful sunset views from the lake. Yeah, I agree. We had um, stayed there a few times over the years and um, not since the refurb, though. So I have to go back and check out the rest of the rooms, but definitely agree on the pool. It's always, you know, and it's a huge pool. So it's not like some of the other resorts where you're like all crowded in or you have to find a quiet pool somewhere else. Like there's enough space for everyone. Um, And also, we used to just go over there for dining a lot too. When Maya Grill um, first opened, we would go there a lot because you could always get a reservation. And that was back when we were all meat eaters. So <laughs> they had a great uh, steak there as well. Um, but the food court before they redid it was always a fun thing. It's still, you know, a great option. There's lots of um, different places there and it's, it's never super crowded. Like uh, Carolina said. Yeah. Rick's lounge for years for me was always sort of my hidden hideaway go-to late night. Um, I, I think it's a little bit more of a sports bar lounge than it is now, but for years it was a wonderful night spot that again, if there was no conventioners in town, was empty, had a wonderful uh, like bar and appetizer and drink menu. And there was always, it, it's it's relatively small, but they had music and dancing and stuff like that. Um, so it was a neat sort of place, like you said, to go for dinner and then maybe stay for drinks. And even outside when it's not, you know, crazy hot, being able to sit at some of the outside areas and overlook uh, the Villa del Lago or the dig site pool area was wonderful. 
But Grandestino, in a lot of ways, I think changes all that and changes all that for the better. So taking the the updates and upgrades that have been happening to Coronado itself, including new rooms, and even I just I spoke at the convention center um, right before and then right after some of those rooms have been updated and I think modernized a little bit. The Grandestino Tower has a very, very different look and feel from the moment that you pull up to the porticochere to that moment that those glass doors open and you step inside and i will tell you again having not even looked at concept art it was a breathtaking view and the instant my immediate reaction was it felt like a vegas hotel and I want to qualify that by saying a nice Vegas hotel, right? An <laughs> elegant, modern Vegas hotel in terms of it was bright, it was airy. It's that two-story lobby with the 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 bank, the wall of windows on the 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 as you walk in, made me almost feel like Aulani. So if you've ever walked into Aulani, it's that same kind of thing. You get to look not just through the wide open lobby, but through the windows out to Lago Dorado itself and you instantly again if you've seen Dolly's work if you've seen Destino the Dolly style is very much brought into the exterior and the interior in terms of um that 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 fluidity and that that squash and stretch uh, almost sort of animation trope that is in there but I found the lobby to be breathtakingly beautiful. I love the color scheme and it was both modern and yet elegant in this sort of, you know, Catalan modernism um, type style with those those um, Moorish type lanterns hanging and the bronze screens, which were instantly recognizable as being inspired by the patterns of the Destino film. What were your initial thoughts, Carolina, and then Susanna on the lobby when you first walked in? Okay, first of all, I was not going to lie, a bit concerned if uh, the Grand Destino Tower would, would fit into Coronado's brains, and it does. It does, but at the same time, as soon as you walk in, as you mentioned, it's breathtaking. Um, if you see the lobby of, of Grandestino Tower, it's comparable to a very high-end hotel. In town, I would compare to a Four Seasons lobby or the Waldorf Astoria lobby. And it has that luxurious feel. And still, it's a moderate resort for Disney. I think everyone will be very pleasantly surprised with this Grandestino Tower. Um, I agree that it was breathtaking. I had seen the concept art of the lobby interior, but as with all things, when you're there in, in person, it's completely, you know, it's in, engulfing you and it's a completely different experience than saying, oh, here's a photo of it or an artist rendering of it. Um, I like how on the outside, even as you drive up, it has those architectural details on the outside of the tower. It's not just a plain building. So you can see like, oh, this is something different. And it's really, you know, a work of art on its own. Um, and then, like you said, when you walk in there, it's just you see the lanterns on either side of you and it's pretty, but then you keep walking and you see that overlook to the floor below and the huge um, hanging lantern chandeliers. And it's just, un I mean, despite the fact that there's little Mickeys everywhere, it really, to me, felt like the most un-Disney 
hotel on Disney property and in a good way um, because it was modern and different and really, like Carolina said, on par with like a Four Seasons um, style lobby. And in addition to that, it has amenities that, you know, you now come to expect at high-end hotels, like banks of, you know, charging stations and desks for, you know, to work at while you're waiting for your transportation, et cetera, especially, you know, with a convention hotel like this, there's tons of space for people to get work done. And it looks beautiful while you're doing work. So it's really an amazing experience to walk in. Yeah. Like you, Seeing the design of the tower and how it compared and contrasted with the rest of Coronado Springs, I was wondering how it would sort of fit in terms of a storytelling element. But as soon as I walked in, again, I had that that combination of a an elegant Vegas hotel feel. And you mentioned some of the, the little hidden Disney touches. It, it very much screams Aulani. Aulani is not a Disney resort in Hawaii. It's a Hawaiian resort with sprinkles of Disney touches. And I think that's exactly how I would describe Grandestino in that you almost need to sort of seek out and find some of the Disney subtleties. Um, but even when you, you walked in, I was amazed at how different the lobby and lobby experience is than any other hotels. When you walk in, you don't see the check-in desk. You don't see uh, a, a bell desk anywhere. They're off in sort of, um, there's almost a reveal moment as you walk in and sort of pass those banks of um, uh, sort of Moorish lanterns. Um, the color choices that they made, again, the whites and the golds, it's, it's, Colorful with an abundance primarily of, of reds and burnt oranges. Um, again, you sort of get that that modern Spanish feel to it, but there's not a prevalence or a predominance of Mickey anywhere until you start to seek it out or until you go down further into the lobby or the lower level of the lobby because, and I almost want to call it a relatively hidden murals, of Walt and Dahlia um, on op on opposing sides of the lower level of lobby. They're floor to ceiling almost murals of Walt and Mickey. And then on the opposite side, Dahlia is very much um, inspired by the film. I love those murals for so many reasons. Um, not that it was just a mural of Mickey or the Fab Five, but it very much is rooted in Walt himself. Um, that is probably one of the largest tributes that I can think of in a resort or even in the parks to Walt himself. And I love the fact that it, it's, it's almost a surprise reveal as you go in to find it much like the, the Mickey's there are hidden Mickey's everywhere, but you almost have to be on the lookout for them or they sort of appear to you some more subtle than others. And we'll talk about the Barcelona lounge downstairs and, and the hidden <laughs> Mickey there. But I love the fact that they included um, Walt and Mickey in a in a very tasteful, appropriate kind of way. Um, but you even mentioned, Susanna, that the process of walking in the door is very different. Uh, the check-in process is different. And, and from what I understand, it's not just from the night that we were there, 
when you walk in, you are greeted and welcomed by a cast member, not who just is a greeter who says hello and and directs you to the check-in desk, but cast members are equipped with an iPad and will usually escort you over to the elevators or to a comfortable seating area, of which there are many, and we'll touch on that too, to begin the check-in process or show you how to get to and um, and use the elevators. And we're going to talk about how this does not feel like a moderate resort. That was a touch that very much made me feel, look, every guest is special. Every guest is a VIP. But again, it took this quote-unquote moderate resort out of that moderate resort type feel. I agree. Um, and it... it it made you feel like, oh, there's no stress. There's no worry about waiting around and standing in a, you know, traditional queue to check in and, and things like that, especially with, you know, the way my Disney experience app and all that you can check in on that. You don't even have to, you know, deal with uh, a cast member really, unless you want to, or if you need to pick up things at the front desk. But um, the fact that it it's so easy to wander around the lobby and, experience the check-in process in a completely different way is very refreshing. And I also like the fact that hotel lobbies like that, they need to be careful not to feel cold. And the cast members, uh, they welcome you. They make your experience very unique and um, warm. So it's a Disney touch to a hotel that is like breathtaking, but also feels like home. I feel like people are going to enjoy this new check-in process. And I think one of you mentioned, too, the abundance of public and comfortable seating spaces, especially downstairs in the lower level lobby by the Barcelona Lounge. There is a ton of places to sit and wait, to gather, to work. Um, so, again, this this is attached to the convention center. So I think one of the, the demographics it will certainly attract, I think, in, in a very big way, and we'll talk about that when we get to conventions, is the convention guests. There are large, um, huge, long tables, by, and I think so, what have you said too, basically every single seat that I found had both a, um, a place to plug in, um, an electrical outlet plug in, as well as USB charging ports too. So you're always able to find a place to get comfortable, to sit, to work, to eat, including a number of little nooks and crannies, um, both upstairs and downstairs. There were long sort of conference room-like tables that that are public spaces that you can use to meet and gather or work or as a convention goer. I know sometimes you meet people and want a chance to take a conversation somewhere else um, somewhat privately. Those spaces very much exist um, in in sort of out-of-the-way, semi-private locations, which I loved and appreciated about this in terms of having comfortable spaces inside the lobby to relax and or work. I agree. And there's that whole little boardroom thing to the right in the back of the lobby as well. So if you had to have a quick, you know, check-in meeting or, a, you know, meeting before you all leave the resort with your team if you're there you know for a convention or a work um situation there's that for you too yes if this resort was popular for conventions before now they've taken up a notch and it's going to be even 
more conventions coming to Coronado, I feel like. Yeah, it's um, and I think it's going to attract a different type of guests. And I think we'll, we'll talk a little more about that. But we keep on sort of let's sort of talk about the 800 pound moderate elephant in the room, because we keep on alluding to all the reasons why we think that this is more than a moderate. And we can almost do a top 10 reasons why Grandestino is not a moderate resort, because there are some things that are quantifiable as well as some of the intangibles. Um, you know, there's there's a wider variety of options in terms of dining. There's a wider variety of options in terms of things to do. And, and to very quickly sort of, I want to, if you if we you hear us talking about conventioners, I think this is very much not necessarily geared towards conventioners. In fact, just the opposite. And one of the reasons why I think it's more than a moderate are some of the things that they have that other moderate resorts don't have. Um, for example, like they have their own, not that I will ever venture in there, but I hear that they have the La Vida Health Club, um, which... A lot of the other moderate resorts um, don't have. They also have a number of experiential activities for guests to do that have nothing to do with conventions at all. So the resort experience guide that we were given when we checked in was pleasantly surprising to me because I expected this to be really an extension of a convention hotel. But in fact, there's a lot of activities to do, including the colors of Coronado. So it's a master-led painting class held on Sundays. There is a self-guided nature walk. There is the running of Coronado fun run every Wednesday morning in Destino Plaza. There are wellness activities. There's yoga, aqua fitness blast, and outdoor fitness blast. I have no idea what any of those words mean, by the way. (laughs) There is a stained glass art class where you can design and create your own Spanish-inspired masterpiece in an art class. Uh, the Grandestino Fire Pit is going to have nightly fireside gatherings and storytelling of the resort's inspiration. There is, uh, like I said, the La Vida Health Club. There's wood carving, painting, abstract portraiture. The pool, although while, although there's not a new pool here, the um, the Lost City of Cibola Pool and the Dig Site Pool is a very, very short walk um, over a dedicated pathway from Grandestino. So some of the things that they have really help to take this out of the quote-unquote traditional moderate resort. And in fact, a number of cast members that I spoke to while we were there kept on describing this as not a moderate resort, but a lifestyle resort. And not that this is necessarily a new official category, but I think it's a new way to classify and approach these resorts when it comes time to book your next vacation. Yeah, I think it definitely raised the bar. And like you said, there's so many activities and the stained glass one, I wish I had had time to run over there and do that because it sounds really cool. I'm going to have to check that out someday. Um, But yeah, it's just a whole different, they've really and truly raised the bar. And I think over at Caribbean Beach, when they redid their lobby thing, it was kind of this in the restaurant area and they added um, Sebastian's. I think that was like step one of this. And of course, now they're adding Riviera as well. So hopefully this is just, you know, the wave of the future at Disney and we're, we're going to go up and up. I feel like families that go to Grandestino, stay at Grandestino, they're going to love this hotel as well. As I mentioned, there's so many activities 
and there are Disney touches. Plus, you have the whole um, the old, I would say, Coronado Resort, Coronado Springs Resort. So that's so much to see and to do. So many activities, and I feel like they're gonna bring even more activities in the future as well. It's I love this description as a lifestyle resort because that's exactly what they are offering to guests. Well, and I think something else that that is a game changer, and I think you're right, Susanna, in terms of thinking ahead with Riviera and, and what else might be coming down the pike, changing perceptions or almost the categorization of value, moderate, and deluxe and, and making those a little bit more fluid in their descriptions because Grand Destino is a game changer resort and i'm not you know that's sort of hyperbole because there are things here that you won't find in any other moderate level resort and we'll sort of use this to sort of springboard your discussion of the rooms but for the first time ever they have a club level lounge in a moderate resort no other moderate has a club level i know coronado tested this like a decade ago but it never stuck. So here they have the Kronos Club, which if you've ever been to a concierge lounge before, depending on your room category, affords you access to the lounge that has small snacks throughout the day. There's more uh, substantial food options during breakfast, lunch, and dinner hours. You can, there's an abundance of snacks and drinks both alcoholic and and otherwise um again super subtle minute deep look everything speaks the disney touches you've you've seen mickey mouse butter before i'm not sure if you've ever seen mickey mouse sugar do you see the mickey mouse sugar cubes inside oh, yes. too oh yes <laughs> right a oh, cute, yes. like a cool little touch that you're like you know they didn't need to do that but they mm-hmm. did and that lounge is spectacular yeah, I mean, it really was one of the nicest concierge lounges I've been in. And I mean, I'm sure that's because it's brand new, but also it's not just hidden away somewhere and tucked in. Um, it's got amazing views as well and relaxing spaces to enjoy those views. Um, it's really a place where you can unwind and not have to worry about, oh, where are we going to go next? What do we, we need to get food and we're not, our reservations aren't until this time. You know, there's, it's just a perfect addition, especially because of the convention aspect to it. Um, I think a lot of, you know, higher managers, et cetera, will be taking advantage of that as well as I'm sure you're going to discuss the fact that there's presidential suites, which is (laughs) a first as well. Um, So yeah, it's a whole new world. (laughs) Yeah, they were telling me about um, when I was visiting Kronos. And if you are with your family, you come back from the park and, you know, your child is too hungry, but it's kind of late. You can go to Kronos and they always going to be having something available as snacks and food. And they had cookies plus that Mickey shaped sugar cubes. Uh, (laughs) I mean, it feels special. It, It is a place that you definitely feel special. That's a great uh, addition to this resort and it, it, again it's big it's bright it's comfortable um, which I really liked so there are plenty of places to sit um, and and even for kids to sort of get comfortable from those those bank of couches um, there's TVs there again there are subtle hidden Mickeys but what I like about this too is everything for the most part is is um, 
serve yourself in terms of the the food and the the abundance of um, drink options that are there. And like you said too, the views and you know the views again a huge selling point of Grandestino as a whole from that lounge. I can see it being a place that you're going to want to go in the morning before you make it out to the parks, maybe take a break throughout the day and then come back to and enjoy um, in the evening. And that to the, the Kronos club level lounge is, I think for me and a lot of other people, a huge attractor because you're going to get that lounge type experience at a different price point that than you would for a, deluxe level resort or Disney vacation club property. Right. And I'm sure you're going to go into price points at some point, but it's really not, you know, out of sight to stay there. It's, it's pretty affordable and on the level of a moderate. So, and let's, let's talk about the rooms again. um, Disney was kind enough to invite us not just to visit the resort, but a chance to stay over, which is great because you really do get to understand what the not just the check-in process but what the room experience is like and in the tower itself there are 545 new guest rooms which include 50 suites with club level services and again we keep talking about it's more than a moderate i think all of the moderate all the other moderate resorts including coronado springs all have exterior doors and hallways. I believe this is the only moderate that is, in terms of the tower, that it is exclusively interior rooms, you know, uh, interior rooms and hallways. And the rooms are spacious too. They're about 375 feet, which is a lot larger than other moderate level resort rooms. Again, you walk in, you get that Vegas Four Seasons type feeling because it's about the details, the little lights in the headboard, the workstation, the Keurig coffee maker, the raised bed so you can like the cruise line so you can store your um, luggage underneath. Um, quick, imp- even the shower area that that um, huge beautiful shower with the overhead rain uh, with the overhead rain head was. That same modern, elegant, yet still warm feeling. So give me your thoughts, first impressions on the rooms themselves. Okay, my first impression. As soon as I open the door, that room feels so massive. It feels spacious. Um, There's no carpets, which I really appreciate. Um, And I feel it's it's a trend. I feel a lot of people like not having a carpet. I love the fact that I can store my luggage underneath. If you travel with family, usually when we travel, it's four of us. So, yeah, there's a lot of luggage involved, and I don't want that on the way. And my favorite thing, the bathroom. Oh, we could also, I had a firework view room. So I could see the fireworks from um, Hollywood Studios. Yeah, that was, um, I was in a standard view room and uh, it wasn't very standard. <laughs> it was, I could see all of Epcot. I could see Spaceship Earth from my bed, um, which I think I told you, Lou, at the event that I just kept the curtains open and like Spaceship Earth was my nightlight that night. Um, and you could see Hollywood Studios over to the right and all of Galaxy's Edge. So you could watch two sets of fireworks um, if you were there when they were going off. And it was just, you know, 
I know it's a brand new resort, but the whole feel to it was a modern. Um, it was elegant, but not, you know, over the top, like stuffy. Uh, and the fact that it has like the new interactive TV as well, you can do so much um, just from sitting at your bed and you can watch your photo pass photos go by or, you know, connect to whatever's going on around the resort, et cetera. It was really, um, again, I keep saying this, but raising the bar and, you know, the standard is this is what it's going to be from now on. Well, and I love the, you know, I, I, I trying to take it from a, a granular point of view as, as well as a, a you know, a, a wider point of view. I loved the feel of the room. So you talked about having no carpets, but still feeling warmth. I loved the wall coverings that again, were inspired by those um, Spanish tile medallions, um, even in the shower, um, the, the subtle decor. There's no real, if you didn't know you were in a Disney resort, you wouldn't know you were in a Disney resort. And I don't mean that as a bad thing because the Disney touches were there, but they're subtle. So, for example, the door to the bathroom is a farmhouse-style sliding door. And, and at child height level, you'll see some of the like the rivet heads are little hidden Mickeys. So they're there and they're subtle. But again, I got the feeling that I was in a very upscale Vegas-type hotel. Zana, you mentioned the interactive TV that is something that's brand new, debuting first at Grandestino. That is very much going to be, I think, a guest satisfier, more of a, a guest enhancer. You can do so much from the TV, including, like you said, viewing your photo pass photos. There's on demand Disney music, on demand Disney movies. Hello, Disney Plus. Uh, you can connect it. <laughs> to your mobile phone easily and securely. So if you want to stream your own YouTube videos, Netflix, whatever it is, you can stream it from your own device or even to share your own photos of the day so your family can watch it. There's a variety of, of regular uh, uh, channels as well as the on-demand stuff as well. There's still the, um, the, the storytelling stuff for kids at night. So... I loved the um, I, I loved the enhancements that the, the TV brought. Uh, again, not as a distractor, but as something that when you do make it back to your room, I thought was a really, really nice, very modern, very easy to use interface um, enhancement that was was playing in the background when you walked in. Another yeah, I thing. Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, another thing about this TV, when you're saying about the uh, Disney Plus, they were telling me that you'll be able to access all the features of Disney Plus, even if you don't have an account. So that's a mm. great way when you're at Disney, if you would like to check it out, Disney Plus, before you're committing to, you know, have a monthly payment, that's a great way to do it. Listen, if you're not getting Disney Plus at six ninety nine a month, you're doing it wrong. Like, just release it to oh, me already. Gosh, Take my I'll money. Be signing the first week, but <laughs> yes. Uh, so we all, I, I think we all had standard size rooms, and again, you almost. I think there's no bad view, and we'll talk about the views as we start to make our way upstairs. But even with a standard view room, it was a spectacular view of 
um, of the the property. But we said this is the first moderate level resort that has non-moderate level resumes, rooms. There are presidential suites and deluxe suites as well, as well as um, a junior suite category, which I think is, is over in the casitas only. So here there's 44 deluxe suites, four king suites, and two presidential suites. And I know we got a chance to tour one of the deluxe suites, which is about 750 uh, square feet. This sleeps about four guests. And when you walk in, and again, I'm thinking almost from a conventioner's point of view, you can now have, and I want to understand... You could now bring people from the convention, if you want to have a, a brief meeting, up to your room, not in a creepy way because your bed is not there, but there's a sitting area with the pull-out couch, a table, a chair, another workstation, the Interact TV, uh, and a small kitchen area as well, as, as long with the um, king-size bed and an expanded uh, and larger bathroom with a, a separate water closet as well the suites i thought were again beautiful and spacious and and i don't mean in a bad way but didn't necessarily feel like a quote-unquote traditional disney moderate level room did you guys did you I, tour the i agree with you i i agree i feel if you it doesn't matter if you're there for work or if you're there with your family and need more space the suites felt amazing as completely separate spaces. You can close the door and you have privacy in your room. So you can use either the living room, as you mentioned, for meetings or your kids can stay there and they can be watching, you know, different TV shows than you want to watch. And you have that option. So there's a lot of flexibility um, when it comes to the rooms at Coronado Springs now. I agree. I, I loved the, the suite that we got to tour and um, just being able to spread out if you have uh, a bunch of family with you. And I loved the little details like the even the bathroom um, adjacent to the bedroom of the one bedroom suite. The It has a huge glass window so you can still see the view, but the part from like the neck down is frosted so you don't have to worry about people out there with binoculars um does that happen a lot to you or other people <laughs> but no that was just a nice touch to like not just put a wall there but to keep the view so it really brightened up the yeah. whole suite and i think that's the thing all of the spaces are so light and bright and airy um which is really what i loved it did it's so clean and so bright and in terms of uh, cost the I was I was very pleasantly surprised in terms of where this sits price point wise. So going through all of the different categories of rooms, a standard view room in the tower can start from about two thirty four. And I've also heard people say that they have found some rates um, that have actually been lower than that. A water view will be about two seventy nine. Again, these are subject to change depending on timing and availability. Um, they go up to club level starts at about 3.30, deluxe suites around 5.50, and then you go up to the one bedroom and presidential suites, all of which have uh, club level access. So, you know, off season, you're looking at under 2.50, which may be just a few dollars more than some of the other 
uh, Coronado Springs room, but it it still falls within that moderate resort pricing. And I think when it's off season in terms of off season for conventions and you have a Florida resident or an annual pass holder discount, you're going to get under $200 a night for a standard view room in the tower. Yes. You also have, um, it makes you feel like your dollars are stretching longer because it feels like you paid so much more for that room, in my opinion. And when you go there, uh, I, when I left the hotel, the first thing I did was to go to Disney website because I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. How much more will that cost? And I was so surprised. It's moderate price. Yeah. And, you know, we, we I think we may have even mentioned it when we said it, it to um, uh, about the lobby. Getting to your room is sort of half the fun because, again, you're you're escorted by the cast member over to the bank of elevators and you're literally taught how to use them. And this is something that's starting to become a little bit more of a trend you no longer just have an up or down button uh, from the lobby. You now choose which floor your room is on and the screen will direct you to which of the six elevators, A, B, C, D, or F, um, you will go to. And then when you get into the elevator, it's almost a little unnerving at first because there's no buttons. There's just a small screen that tells you which floors you're going to stop at. But... Um, you no longer have to sort of worry about, you know, which elevator. I, I thought it was really neat. And again, from this is something from what I hear is starting to get rolled out in uh, more upscale resorts elsewhere. Yeah, I thought it was I've seen it um, and I think even experienced it on some other cruise lines, non-Disney cruise lines. Um, and it takes just a minute, you know, learning curve of figuring it out and making sure that you're doing the right thing. Um, I didn't even notice at first that the screen is telling you, here's where your elevator is in the bank of elevators. So, I mean, there's really no way to get lost or not do it right. Um, but again, they show you how to do it at first. And it's really a super cool and fun experience. It makes fun little magical noises um, when your elevator gets there. And, you know, you have the fun lady telling you lower lobby. <laughs> <laughs> so that's always fun, too. No, I had to fight the urge to press buttons every single time I was inside the elevator. My first reaction was to try to reach for a button. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love those new elevators. So I think let we're, we're I think we've been avoiding the the really the most important part of Grand Destino Tower. It's the dining, and I save the best. For, don't laugh at me. You know I was getting to dining sooner rather than later. Oh, I'm always hungry. Do you laugh? Look, uh, spoiler alert. Even if you are not staying at Grand Destino. I'm going to give you multiple reasons to go and visit and go back more than once. And one thing about Coronado Springs as a whole, which you might not realize, is there is an abundance of dining options here. So in addition to the four locations at um, Grand Estino Tower, in Coronado itself, there's Maya Grill, Cafe Rick's, the Mercado, the Siestas Cantina, Laguna Bar, Rick's Sports Bar and Grill, and of course you have room service. But here, there are four different locations um, in order to um, have different dining experiences. Let, let's start from the lobby, because dance, downstairs on the first floor is the Barcelona Lounge, which is a spectacular, long 
in terms of with um, bar, which sort of transforms from morning to afternoon and night. So you can start off the morning with pastries and cafe con leche and probably there's I didn't take a picture of, I don't have the picture of the menu in front of me. There was maybe 10 to 15 different types of coffees that you could get. And then later on the day, as it transforms into a a bar, uh, it has an extensive bar menu um, with a a wide, wide variety of um, liqueurs that you, that are specific to that resort. But I was thinking Again, from both a family guest perspective as a place to grab something quick in the morning and as a conventioner wanting to come back and meet and talk with people in a beautiful, relaxing, comfortable, open environment. The Barcelona Lounge, again, does not feel like it has that, I have to say, it has that Vegas type feel with one of the best, coolest, largest hidden Mickeys that you may or may not have a tough time finding. Yes, I think uh, it's almost like a little secret because even when you come in the lobby, my first, you know, the first thing I did was go to the edge of the the second story and take pictures of downstairs and the chandelier. You can't see Barcelona Lounge from there. It's not until you go down the stairs and you look and it's just this beautiful stained glass, uh, Gaudi architecture design. I hope I'm saying that right. Gaudi, Gaudi, I don't know. But, you know, it's very prevalent in Barcelona um, itself. And it's immediately recognizable as that. However, like you said, they've subtly put in a very large and um, not super standout hidden Mickey. So it's just an amazing little place there. And it's not just a bar. Like you said, there's a million different coffees and um, it's really a great addition, I think. Barcelona is stunning. It's one of those places that you want to go downstairs to take pictures, to enjoy, of course, coffee and a drink evening time but it's just so pretty and that hidden mickey took me forever people are pointing it's right in front of you and i could not see it i was like do i need to start ordering sangrias to see it <laughs> so it's a challenge i don't even want to tell you guys where it's at because it's it's a lot of fun to actually talk to your bartender and try to find that hidden mickey yeah and, and i love the the space right so you've got that um, that beautiful chandelier that's framed by those sculpted columns, again, evoking a lot of uh, imagery from the uh, Destino film, which, again, you can find throughout the resort and in your room and, and in the metalwork. And the offerings that they have there in terms of they, you know, they have a lot of healthy offerings in the morning. There was a, I didn't get a chance to try it, but I saw on the menu, a blueberry lavender honey yogurt with flaxseed granola. Again, there's, you can get juices and the different espresso and cafe con leche or, um, and, and Spanish pastries there. And then later on uh, in the day, as it transitions to this sort of artisanal cocktail bar um, with a, with a huge, um, gin collection that they have including a signature grandestino gin tonic which is crafted in house and infused with orange and saffron there are wines from spain and california american craft beers and then the coffees are served throughout the day in the evening um 
the it, it it sort of trans it doesn't do anything different but it transitions um throughout the day other locations include uh not just in the tower but outside and three bridges oh how i cannot wait to go back and uh explore and enjoy all that you have to offer this is not in the tower and it sort of sits right in the center of lago dorado and is an open air waterfront restaurant that has phenomenal entrees, shareable plates, great cocktails, and signature sangria pitchers. And I loved this, um, and it was a very, very warm day when we were there, so I'd love it if it was about 10 degrees cooler, but I loved that um, the romance of sort of that open-air seating and that little fire pit in the center, there are shareable plates and sandwiches and entrees, um, as well as a number of different desserts as well. Three Bridges, I will tell you, is one of the first places I look forward to heading back to. Three Bridges is the place that I am. I know I will be coming back again and again and again. Plus, they have amazing sunset view. That's why the Lago Dorado means the Golden Lake. And that's because they had like the most beautiful view before the restaurant. And now you can be right in the middle of the lake and just enjoy that sunset, have a drink, gather with friends or family and just enjoy. I agree. And I think uh, something I wanted to mention as well with all of the um, lounge areas and the bar and grill dining areas is in addition to being a great convention hotel, it's a great spot for locals too, (laughs) Uh, of which Lou and I know we are. (laughs) It's a perfect spot to just come over and grab a drink with friends, relax. Um, Again, with the three river, the three bridges (laughs) um, bar and grill, it's uh, perfect views, you know, to just relax. They have that fun little fire place that's not a fireplace um, to look at and it's a great addition yeah and we did not have a chance to sample the entire menu but we got a little taste and a sneak peek and what i loved about having talked with the chef and i posted a video um on facebook that i'll link to in the show notes or just go to wwra.com slash community you'll find the video there I love the fact, and and understand what I mean by this, that the chefs were not afraid to get a little adventurous with the menu in terms of the ingredients that they use, the flavors, and the spices. So, for example, some of the items on the menu is, I tried the curry lentil hummus, which was phenomenal, Szechuan peppercorn rings, wings, stuffed mushrooms, fried shrimp, shrimp corn dogs, warm manchego and Oaxaca cheese dip, hello, Grilled skirt steak, harissa lamb chops, a a signature burger, braised pork tacos, and oh, how I loved you. And I know you guys didn't try this, but I would have eaten yours. The crispy chicken biscuit sliders with hot honey, blue cheese, creamy slaw, and smoked paprika fries were phenomenal. Warm churros, Mickey tarts, and obviously lots of specialty uh, beverages, both non-alcoholic as well as cocktails, beer, wine, and then the the sangria, which they showed us how to make. But this reminds me a lot of going over to Wilderness Lodge. Like I love the um, the outside 
dining area, but here where you're surrounded by water, you've got those great views, the music in the background is, like you said, a great place to meet up with friends, take your family, or again, if you if you are there for a convention or you just want sort of a casual light lunch, this is a great place to go with no reservations required. I actually went back the next day for lunch. <laughs> and you didn't call me? I did not call you. I just sat down and I enjoyed it. What's wrong with you? And it was so good. As soon as the event was over, I'm like, what are I going to do? And yeah, three bridges. That was my choice. I just love that place so much. Yeah, I love the the lakefront ambiance and that, that Spanish American inspired cuisine. Um, I look, I will definitely be going back. And, and doing a full review uh, just because I need an excuse to go back and eat again. <laughs> there you go. But uh, up on the top floor, and I think this these two locations are going to be incredibly popular, is Toledo, the tapas steak and seafood restaurant. And just across the hallway is the Dahlia Bar. I almost don't know where to start first because I love both of these locations for different reasons. The Dahlia Lounge um, is a a it's a it's a lounge that is um, is spectacular in terms of the views that you have. So, for example, from Dahlia Lounge, you can either sit inside or sit outside, and you get a remarkable view of Galaxy's Edge and. It's un- it's such a unique perspective, especially as it transitions from day to night. But again, Dahlia, it's named after the, the heroine from Destino. There are so many subtle and blatant nods to the film, as well as an incredible menu. And one of the things, again, I loved here is when you walk in on the right-hand side, there are photographs of Walt um, and Salvador Dali. Um, on vacation together, riding a train together. And I I love how they not only don't forget to, but make it a a prominent placement of tributes to to Walt and Dolly. I agree. That was really my favorite spot in the whole resort, Um, just because the theming is completely, it just engulfs you. I mean, it's, you know, there's the, the painting at the end uh, when you walk in that's of the dandelions and then the little dandelion seeds float up to the ceiling and turn into, you know, the lighting chandeliers. And it's just, and her hair as was described to us is represented in the ceiling um, decorations. And I think that's one of my favorite parts about this resort. The fact that it's a moderate, but there's so many stories and meaning behind the spaces. And we're just not used to that in a moderate resort at Disney. And I, and, but we're, we crave, you know, the story of Disney. Um, That's what we love about Disney is the theming and how everything has a backstory. And you definitely get that here. And in addition, there's, you know, uh, so many drink options, all of the gin tonic drinks and, you know, it's just a great place and the views, like you said. So. (laughs) Plus there's also the option uh, of outdoor seating at Dahlia which is outstanding. So if you want to stay indoors, it's very well decorated. It feels so elegant, but you can also stay outdoors, which is also elegant. And you have the most amazing view. That's something 
Um, of course, we have at California Grill, you can go outside and enjoy, but you cannot sit down and, you know, have a drink. Mm. So this is a new option for Walt Disney World. And I'm very excited that they bring in Dahlia and also Toledo that we will be talking about. It's a must see and a must visit at Walt Disney World, in my opinion. Again, Dahlia is a modern lounge that is also comfortable. The seating outside is is comfortable seating. Um, the I almost don't want to call it a, a snack menu there because even the the menu there is upscale. I am afraid of actually trying to pronounce some of the things, but there are. Um, there are mussels, there's prawns, there's olive oil poached tuna, that's, uh, which was phenomenal, that a chance to taste, roasted beets, savory churros, which you'll find throughout the resorts. Um, there's a Spanish potato omelet. There's a blue cheese, fig, and honeycomb. So they are elegant upscale type um, uh, of starters. And from what I understand, and, and we did not get a chance to experience this process, is they really want to maintain a certain level of intimacy and quality with your experience um, there. So they are going to limit the number of people that they will allow in at any one time. And rather than have a queue form outside or you waiting outside the door, from what I understand, I believe when you get into the lobby, you'll tell the cast member where you're looking to go and on their iPad, they'll be able to add you to the virtual queue. This way, when there is an opening, they'll be able to let you know or text you and let you know that it's your time to go upstairs. Um, because I think it does, again, add to the um, the elegance and the intimacy of that space as opposed to going upstairs and, and you finding a queue um, as you do sometimes at places like you know Trader Sam's or wherever there's a queue um, to to get inside. So that is a place too. I want to go back in the evening again with a group of friends, share a number of appetizers and the wide variety of specialty cocktails that they have crafted just for that location. But across the way um, is Toledo, the tapas steak and seafood restaurant, which is named after a, a, a Spanish city where writers and artists would flock to in the 20s and 30s. And that really served as the inspiration for Toledo. Again, before you even get to the food, you walk in and the ceiling is just so spectacular and dramatic with those stained glass accents. Um, the It is uh, floor to ceiling windows on both sides. So you are surrounded and engulfed by the views of all of Walt Disney World property that, that I think you really can't get. I know I was trying to think where else on property can you get views like this? Because even California Grill is, for the most part, um, mostly Magic Kingdom. But here at Toledo, you really get an almost 360-degree view of entire property. And that's even before we start to touch on what is on the menu. Yeah, it's I and I said this in my coverage too. I think for some reason, for me, it has almost like a Disney Cruise Line feel to it. Um, I don't know if it's just the decor or the fact that like even the ceiling um, is you know a work of art, and that you have the views on either side of you. You're thinking um, like Enchanted Garden type 
yeah, I guess I think I did see some people saying the Enchanted Garden um, correlation there, but it's just like such, I don't know, it's elegant and it's interesting to be in and it's, it's like an experience. It's not just you're going for dinner or you know, whatever you're going to um, experience there. It's an experience. It's, you know, sights and sounds and and uh, taste, of course. <laughs> yeah, the Toledo dining room is a showstopper. And the way the lights uh, on the ceiling, they has uh, all the artwork and it changes colors and it's just so beautiful at nighttime. Yeah, the, um, that, that, thir- I, I, I dig the vibe of that sort of 30s, avant-garde surrealist um, decor. I love the two um, giant olive trees inside. It, it almost sort of, um, it, it makes it feel so much more open and alive. I love the fact that there is the uh, onstage kitchen. You can see one of the walls is made up of the racks of dozens and dozens of Spanish and California wines obviously this requires a full complete dining review which and and i say this all the time i I am not going to do any time in the immediate future um i think it is i think i think you do restaurants and dining locations a a huge disservice disservice by reviewing them the day the night the weekend that they open Uh, i have been in the food service business before and i understand how when a restaurant opens to the public for the first time there are not only so many moving parts but there are kinks that have to be worked out from the kitchen to the front of the house to the guests to so to go in opening night on a saturday night and say that service was slow and food of course it's going to happen. You need to allow them some time, and that's exactly what I'm going to do with Toledo and Three Bridges and Dahlia and Barcelona before... I mean, I'm going to go back and eat there. Don't worry about it. But before I actually review it on the show, I do want to let them work it out. That being said, we did get to go in and sample some of the food from the menu. Now, we weren't able to to uh, select off, which was a very unique way of of presenting the menu it sort of comes on a an almost like a leather wrapped board and there were three different um sort of fold up um it don't most remind like an old like triptych type map that had your appetizers and then your entrees and then your desserts and when we do a full review we'll go through but we were able to sample a few of the items on as well and one of the things that i noticed and I know you mentioned neither of you are meat eaters, is that, and this is a, a, a trend that's been happening for years at Walt Disney World, is you no longer have to seek out or specifically ask for or talk to the chef about getting a vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free menu item. Those are, um, those are standard options. And one of the things that I loved that I tried many, many, many of was the non-seafood-based, what is it, non-seafood, I don't know how they described it, a non-seafood <laughs> plant-based crab cake. I don't know what was in it. It was delicious. All 17 of them I had, that I had were <laughs> phenomenal. Um, but it is a steakhouse as well as, I'll say it's, it's called plant-based seafood. It's a vegan presentation of classic seafood 
crab cakes, calamari, scallops, and citrus-infused couscous. There's chicken, there's fish, there's bone-in pork chops, there's a ribeye for two. I loved, I could just sample on all of the different side dishes that were there. I know, like I said, I think we were able to sample maybe four or five different items from the menu. But the the thing about Toledo is it is another... And when I say upscale, I don't necessarily mean prohibitively expensive because it's not. I'm looking at the prices for entrees that range from the mid-20s to maybe the mid-30s. All of the appetizers look as though they're about 10 to $15 or so. So when I say it's a signature type dining experience, I don't mean signature in terms of price. I mean signature in terms of type of experience that you're going to have in terms of an elegant dinner in a beautiful environment with spectacular views. You no longer have to try and get the California grill, you know, catch it at just the right time in order to catch fireworks. You can do that same here. There are four different private dining rooms. Um, Some of them are actually quite large. So you can have a larger party or something smaller and more intimate. I think Susanna, you were sitting in one that maybe sat Mm -hmm. 10 to 12 people because I remember I, couldn't sit with you <laughs> still broken up about um, I offered you a <laughs> um, but it's a place that I want to you know go back to and I can almost see the evening you know maybe starting off at Dahlia or starting off at Toledo and ending off in Dahlia or, or vice versa I think Dahlia and Toledo is a combo they should be uh, you should be going to both I think they complement each other extremely well the food at Toledo, I thought it was outstanding. Again, my favorite dish was the same as yours. It was the crabless uh, <laughs> seafood plant-based. The crabless crab cakes. Crab Sorry, <laughs> I don't know the name of it, but I asked the chef and it was made with palm hearts. And it's just delicious. It feels like a crab cake. Flavors were spot on. Again, it's an upscale experience, but brought to the moderate. So you don't have to be spending so much money and you can have that lifestyle. Yeah, and even the desserts, there is a a chocolate avocado mousse, which is actually a plant-based dessert. I'm not sure what that means, but I like the idea of chocolate and avocado. And the Toledo Tapas Bar is a progressive dessert tasting with the flavors of Spanish coffee, crunchy chocolate, raspberry mousse, and lemon curd. I think they showed us a picture of sort of a single large chocolate bar. So I I love the idea of the different types of uh, casual and sit-down dining options. I I don't know. I know somebody, when I was broadcasting live, somebody asked if there was a sit-down breakfast location, not in the tower itself, but you can go over to El Centro and eat um, there. And, and same thing in terms of a refillable mug station. I don't believe there's a refillable mug station in the tower itself, but you will be able to find it on the Coronado side, which is a short covered walk, by the way, from the tower. You can walk inside from the tower because this is going to be the new check-in location for the entire resort. Um, And the other thing I do want to mention too is we talked at the beginning about how this was sort of no longer in my mind um, a convention resort. However, there are convention facilities. So Coronado is the largest and having been even recently upgraded, beautiful convention facilities. But there are what I consider to be sort of non-traditional additional 
convention and meeting spaces here. So um, off the lower lobby level, there's a place called Destino Plaza. So there is, you can do an outdoor wedding. You can do other outdoor events there. There are some additional um, smaller outdoor spaces for cocktail parties. And there's also a beautiful meeting space inside the Grand Destino Tower. There, there's a few of them. There's sort of the boardroom um, that had a, a single long table that fit about 30 to 35 people. And then on the opposite side, there was a, and I call it a non-traditional convention space because it was very warm. It almost felt like a living room type environment in terms of the types of tables and chairs and seating and even presentation spaces that were available. I believe you could probably fit 100, 150 people in there. But as somebody who puts on a couple of small events throughout the year, this is one that when I walked in, sort of, you know, raised my eyebrows a little bit in terms of an option of places that um, I would start to look at for something that's not the the typical ballroom type exhibit space or or convention or meeting space. I love the fact that it was um, beautiful and comfortable and warm. I don't know if you guys had a chance to go into any of the convention spaces while you were there. Yes, I toured one of the convention spaces. And as we were talking, they were showing me it's all about versatility. So it doesn't it doesn't matter what kind of event you're going to be holding at the resort. It could be like a conference, but it could also be um, rehearsal dinner for your wedding, for example. They have options and they can customize everything from the space itself to the finishes and decorations. It's, it's beautiful and extremely modern. Yeah, I think the same way that the resort is raising the bar for moderate resorts and Disney in general. Um, the convention space is doing the same thing for, you know, the future of business and meetings, et cetera. It's not the same old sit in, you know, a stacking chair and listen to someone speak. There's breakout sessions and, you know, team building, et cetera. And this really lends itself to that sort of experience as well as, like you said, you know, your type of events where you're just gathering um, people to experience something. Yeah, and I think to sort of, you know, come full circle and and wrap this up, um, I think what Grandestino does is not only raise the bar in terms of what a moderate resort level is, I think it, it brings a deluxe level resort experience to a moderate, quote unquote, class resort. Um, it's moderate plus, it's a lifestyle plus, whatever, a lifestyle resort. I think this is a game changer not just for Coronado in terms of removing them. Yes, it's a convention resort, but it is no longer a resort just for conventioners. I think, to your point, Carolina, I think Grandestino is going to, be, as the word starts to get out and the photos start to get out, is going to start to attract a more luxury traveler to Walt Disney World. Having nothing to do with conventions at all, they want a more upscale type experience but maybe don't want to either a stay at a four seasons. They want to stay technically on a, at a Disney resort or don't want to stay at, at, at grand Floridian, um, you know, or, you know, yacht or beach club. Um, I think this idea of, of viewing it as a lifestyle resort is one that is going to be um, interesting to watch in terms of, 
um, how guests start to approach it. I will tell you that as a family, um, Grandestino is is very much attractive because you not only have the elegance and the amenities, and I love the idea of, of the lounge, um, especially now as my kids get older, you know, going into a junior suite where they sort of have the lock-off room and the, the pull-out bed, having a separate bedroom, access to the lounge very much makes this um, a, an attractor for me just as a, a family guest. Uh, any sort of last thoughts about Grandestino? I will say that it's my new favorite resort. Um, wow. And again, it's made me, ext- I mean, because I'm a, I was a fan of, you know, Salvador Dali to begin with um, and his relationship with Disney and the whole Destino thing. So to see that played out in a resort, and not just, you know, any resort, but a, a Disney resort where it's a whole new experience. I think um, it's a jewel in Disney's crown at this point, And I can't wait to go back with my family. And it also made me super, super excited for the Riviera Resort and what they can do there and what they will do there. Coronado was one of my favorite resorts before Grandestino. And Having Grandestino there only enhances the experience. It's a beautiful resort full of activities. You, If you are staying there with your family or for work, you're going to love the options. And now they are. it's all about versatility when I think about Coronado Springs because it offers a little bit for everyone. So if you want a very casual experience, Coronado Springs offer. If you want a luxurious experience, Coronado Springs offer. And having that uh, upscale lifestyle, but on a moderate price, this is a game changer. Yeah, I think there's a lot of new reasons to, if Coronado was not on your radar before, I, I think it should be now, whether it's a place that you want to stay, it's a place that you want to work or certainly even a place that you want to go and visit. You know, we were saying we're all going to go back to Three Bridges and Toledo and to Dahlia Lounge. Uh, you know, certainly as locals, those are places that, you know, I can I can see myself going with friends for lunch at Three Bridges and then going back another evening for Toledo and, and Dahlia. Um, I would love to hear from you. Our friend, the listener who's been sitting here along with us, what your thoughts are on Grandestino. If all of a sudden this now, cha- if this puts on your radar a resort like Coronado that may not have been there in the past, and will you make a special trip out to enjoy some of or all of the dining experiences there? Of course, if you are looking to go to Grandestino, you can certainly book through our friends over at MEI at Mouse Fan Travel at mousefantravel.com. Um, you can also, please don't forget to go and visit uh, both Susanna and Carolina. Tell me, tell everybody again, Susanna and Carolina, where everybody can find you. Uh, I am basically at Xanaland everywhere on every channel. Um, Xanaland.com is the blog and youtube.com slash Xanaland. You'll find our YouTube channel. You can find me on Instagram, Carolina Grabova, and you can also find my blog, carolinagrabova.com. And you can find me probably at Three Bridges. I'll be sitting by the water <laughs> with plates of food. Um, sharing when it comes to me is more of a guideline. It's not really an option, um, but I will certainly be back um, to review those again. Guys, thank you so very much for 
not only sharing the experience while we were there, while we had a chance to um, to see it for the grand opening, but certainly to share your thoughts today. We'll have to go back and uh, maybe sample some more of the plant and meat-based <laughs> options uh, that they have to offer. Thanks for having me, Lou. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to go back and eat. Yes. I'm looking forward to it. For our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World history or see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes know what you see, hear, or yes, maybe even eat. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online form for a chance to win a Disney prize package. But of course, before we get to this week's question, we're going to go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week, I asked you to simply finish this sentence. Here in this modern high-tech facility, we have perfected blank. So first, let me thank the hundreds of you, nearly a thousand of you who entered, got this one correct, and knew that here in this modern high-tech facility, we have perfected Muppet Vision 3D. Now, the first time Kermit says it, he's actually interrupted by a door opening with the crash and the ironing board falling down and Zoot telling him to be careful. But then he goes on to say that he, they've perfected Muppet Vision 3D, a new film process, which we're about to demonstrate to you. And of course, introducing the Swedish chef. I won't torture you with my bad Swedish chef impression, but what I will tell you is that it took all the correct entries, randomly selected one. And again, last week you were playing for all of my digital products, which include my 102 ways to save money for an at Walt Disney World book, all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the secrets, histories, and stories of Magic Kingdom, both of which, by the way, still available on iTunes and on Amazon, a WW Radio vinyl sticker, a pop socket for your phone, and a WW Radio t-shirt and last week's winner randomly selected is ellen barston so ellen you use the online form i have your shipping information i've got your prize package ready to go i will get that out to you right away if you played last week and didn't win that's okay because here's your next chance to enter in this week's walt disney world trivia challenge so we're talking obviously about Grandestino Tower and Disney's Coronado Springs Resort. And I mentioned that the main pool area, so very well themed, very cool, is known as the Dig Site. It is a quick, short walk from the Grandestino Tower. And if you've ever been there before, you see that it represents an archaeological find of an old Mayan temple in the lost city of Cibola. And in the middle of the pool area is the iconic Mexican temple and the waterfall. And this week... All you need to do is tell me what is the name of the Mexican temple found in the center of the pool area at the dig site at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort. You have until Sunday, July 21st at 11.59 p.m. to go to www.radio.com. Click on this week's podcast. Use the online form there. Again, you're going to get all the digital products, a vinyl sticker, a pop socket, and I will throw in another WW Radio shirt. So good luck and have fun.
That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you so very much for taking the time to tune in this and every week. Don't forget that I'd love to hear from you and have you be part of the conversation and community by joining our Box People group over on Facebook at www.radio.com slash community. You can also connect with me on social. I am at Lou Mangiello on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, you can email me, Lou, at www.radio.com or be heard on the air by calling the voicemail at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. I want to thank some new and longtime members of our WW Radio Nation family. I sincerely appreciate your love, support, friendship and help and i love being able to give back to you in special ways each and every month i want to thank some new and longtime members like christopher anderson dave toast amber cassidy gary hasara tracy funk melissa Krim, and dean bailey and if you want to find out how you can not only help the show but get exclusive rewards every month including monthly scavenger hunts we have a private facebook group custom magic band covers logo gear t-shirts backpacks, monthly care packages from Walt Disney World, exclusive live video group calls, early access and discounts to special events. You can visit www.radio.com support. And don't forget that not only is it completely optional, but it is a great way for you not only to help the show, but support our efforts through the Dream Team Project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. And don't forget that as much as I love connecting with you online, I still believe that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. It's why I continue to do monthly meetups and events in Walt Disney World and on the road. Our next meet of the month is our annual day at the Disney Water Park. That's going to be Saturday, July 27th at Typhoon Lagoon. We will meet first thing in the morning when it opens. We'll make camp and spend the day together with some fun and some sun and probably a lot of food. To find out more and to RSVP, visit the events page at www.radio.com slash events. There you can also find out about other upcoming events, including our cruise out of New Orleans in February, as well as other meetups on the road and adventures by Disney. Stay tuned. I'll be posting some on the road meetups soon as I am traveling to speak, not just here in the U.S., but I'll be traveling to Europe later on this year as well. So stay tuned for some announcements of some London meetups while I'm speaking in the UK as well. And speaking of speaking, if you visit LouMangelo.com, you can find out how I can speak to your event, your conference, your business, or your school about leveraging lessons from Disney on customer service, leadership lessons from Walt, social media, live video, podcasting, community, and other topics geared specifically towards your audience. Again, to find out more and learn how I can speak to your event, either in person or virtually. While you're there, you can also find out more about my Momentum Weekend Workshop in Walt Disney World. It is two days built on inspiration, education, and community, and how to execute on what you learn right in the room. Work with others to help take your idea, your brand, or your business to the next level. I'm going to announce our first round of speakers, including our keynote speaker this week. But more importantly, if you're thinking of attending, the event is now more than 50% sold out. But I am going to give you a special discount code just for being a friend and listener. If you use code WDWRADIO100, one word, WDWRADIO100, you can save $100 off your ticket. Again, to find out more, visit LouMangelo.com. Thanks as always to Becky Mankin and the team over at Mouse Fan Travel, my official and recommended travel provider. Whether you're going to Grand Destino or any Disney destination around the world, they will give you the best possible prices, all available discounts, and it all comes at no cost to you. Visit them over at MouseFanTravel.com and then check out CelebrationsPress.com to subscribe and order back issues to Celebrations Magazine. And as always, my friend, and you are my friend, whether we have met yet or not, 
All I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it however you are most comfortable doing it, whether it's a tweet, a share on Facebook, or if you can, take just 30 seconds to rate and review the show over on iTunes. I sincerely appreciate it. I want to thank some recent reviewers like Disneyer, who says it's the podcast for all things Walt Disney World. I absolutely love, love, love Lou Mangiello. I love you back. Love you more. Been listening since 2007. Wow, and he is the most fun and professional Walt Disney World storyteller around. I listen to a lot of Disney podcasts, but this is the only one that stays positive, stays fun, and tells the true history of the place we call home. Also, there is no drama. Very true. We love you, Lou 3000. I love you 3001. Kells Hans Poss says, thank you. I've been listening to WW Radio for a few years now. Lou makes me feel like I'm in the happiest place on earth while doing work around the house or walking the dog. His podcast brings back wonderful memories of my Disney College program 2013 at Liberty Inn in Epcot. Keep making magic, Lou. I'll be listening. Kells and Diz and all the other people who have taken the time to leave a review. I sincerely, sincerely appreciate you. Again, just search for WW Radio on iTunes or go to www.radio.com slash iTunes and it'll show you exactly how and where to do it. And again, I need you to know just how grateful I am every single day to you and for you for the gift of your time and your attention. I know how valuable they both are. And if there is some way that I can help you, whether it's working with you, momentum, or even just something you want to hear on the show, please, please let me know. As a wise man once said, it's better to use your head than to break your back. And if that sounds familiar, it's from Ernst Robinson from the Swiss Family Robinson movie. So reach out if I can help in any kind of way. Hopefully I will see you either on the show next week, Wednesday night, live on Facebook at the meet of the month and or at Momentum in September. So until next time, thanks again. See ya. Hi, Lou. It's Elizabeth from Massachusetts. I just listened to your most recent episode where you did the listener emails with Becky, um, as well as some Galaxy Edge stuff. It was awesome. Um, and you started to ask, you know, what is or what are ways that you incorporate Disney in your everyday life, um, which for, you know, all of us who don't live close enough to get to is definitely a key to getting our fix, as you said. Um, not only do I listen to your podcast, but I am also a teacher. So I actually beat my roommate here um, after something related to Disney. Um, and the kids love it. It always is a conversation starter. It's something they recognize, which I really like. Um, and it always um, is just fun for me, too, as a teacher, uh, to kind of show them something that I like and I enjoy. So that's one way I incorporate it. Not only that, but I have a close friend who did the college program, and she and I will often just get together, watch a Disney movie, have some fun, talk about stuff. So that's always good, too. So thank you for all the hard work that you do, um, making sure that we all can experience that little bit of Disney in our everyday lives when we're not at the parks or getting to experience it in another way. Um, I know that we all appreciate it, and the hours and one hours of work that you put in uh, really does not go unnoticed. So thank you so much for all you do, and have a magical day, everyone. Bye. Hey, Lou, it's Christine Morrison from Flowertown, PA. I just got out of work. It's a Monday, uh, 5.30, driving around other clients' houses. But I listened to the latest podcast today, and it was awesome. I love um, when you guys do the email segments. 
Um, and you did put two questions out to us. How do we get our Disney fixed? And what are some special things that we've done for our kids, I think is what you said, for, um, like, birthday stuff. So um, my son, Chase, we um, went to Chef Nikki on our last day for breakfast, and I had them sing happy birthday, and I had ordered him a cake. And it was um, it was actually very reasonably priced. I think it was, like, $30, $35 for the cake. And it looked like um, the Mickey ears, but it was all white, like white um, ganache and white chocolate ears and vanilla cake. And it was, he loved it. Um, we surprised him with that. And then how I get my Disney, because, you know, I really get to go down every year. I listen to your podcast, number one. I'm on the Nation um, book page all the time. Um, and then uh, I listen to Radio Disney, which is awesome. Sea Park Radio, I'm sorry, not Radio Disney. Sea Park Radio, uh, which is amazing. Makes me smile every day. Um, and the things I used to do with the kids, we used to have Disney Movie Day, like once a month. We'd have a movie night, and it was a different movie every month. And we'd set up like a little concession stand, and one of the kids would be in charge of taking everybody's ticket. Somebody be in charge of handing out their snacks, you know, when they go up to the concession stand to get snacks. And then we'd sit down and watch the movie. And we also used to play Disney trivia um, on TV. It was like a trivia game you could play on your television. And then we used to play Disney Bingo on the TV. Um, so all kinds of ways that you can get your Disney fix. Um, you've been getting um, magazines, another good way. So I haven't gotten that yet. But anyway, just wanted to call that in real quick. Everybody have a great week. I'll see you in the box on, on Wednesday. Sounds like it's going to be a good one. We're going to get taught how to draw Donald. That would be pretty awesome. Uh, make somebody smile, you guys. Have a good one. Bye-bye.